would say to me, what is the vision? Aaron, what's the vision? You know, and wow, I don't know what the vision is. You know, tell me the vision, Aaron. You know, and, they kind of get, and the more they ask, the more panicky they get. Actually, just to let you know, you're not asking about the vision. You're asking how we're going to do it. Actually, that's the question I often find. I, I used to worry uh, early on in ministry. You know, I had to kind of change it every year. What God has placed on us as a church is what it is. It doesn't alter, but it just adapts into its context all the time because it's imbibed in us as a team. But vision in its basic is a compelling image of a preferred future that motivates us to act. So something added today, what I speak, should create within you an image of what the future may look like, and you may just have a little bit of faith to say, I want to push into what God has got for this city and the towns and villages that surround this place. Who believes that God has got a plan? Right? And we need to grab hold of that because God says, I've got a plan and I want you to be part of that plan. And that's what we're asking. And this is why we do nights like tonight. Helping people to find God and follow Jesus. That is the vision. I want it to be your vision. Whatever you do, whatever your work is, whatever your hobby place is, whatever your family, wherever you live, I want to help my neighbor to find God and follow Jesus. That is the ultimate call of Christ. And so our logo is really simple. It is the arrow. It is the compass direction. It is the forward momentum that we are not a static church. We're not looking to settle. We're not looking to think we've done our bit. Now we can just wait for Jesus to come. We want to be a church that is always on the move. If you have your Bible, I just want to read something from the Bible because this stirs something in me. I want it to stir something in you. As a church, we listen to the Word of God. The Spirit of God forms in us a visual image of what that Word looks like and what God wants to do in the future. So may His Word speak to you right now. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. There is a call on us to be soldiers within God's army. We are called to follow him. There is a mission and mandate on this church, first and foremost, to live by the words of God found in Scripture. That is our mandate. That is our call. I don't want to deviate off what God is saying within the Word of God. For those who are on the Read Scripture Together, and we're trying to do this throughout the whole year to read Scripture together, and if you're going through the Bible Project videos, come and have a look at this book on the desk here, because I've ordered it, and it's got all of the artwork that you're seeing in a really good laid-out fashion. And for those on, I find it really useful in helping me understand the covenant, the story of God and his people that he wants to do is, and it's really relevant. You know, we've got the Bible course, we've got the Jesus the Key series on Sunday, and it's all leading to our vision, which is we want you to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus who knows the word of God, that takes the word and helps others to imbibe the word. And this is how we grow. See, we've, we have often, I think if you look backwards on church, we've created a church meeting mentality of growth. And actually, we're switching it in a modern day to a one-to-one -one discipleship mentality of growth that actually Jesus grew disciples. 
And that's what the Word of God is. If you know the Bible, if you know what's going in the day, you're able to talk that through. At the moment, we're all on the same conversation. Talking about the kingdom of the serpent and the kingdom of God as two separate entities should be a natural conversation at the moment because that's what we find in Genesis. You will walk into a workplace and you go, that's a serpent leadership and I'm looking for God leadership in this place, in this situation. You should be already thinking about what is being offered to you from a tree and causing God to doubt God's word. And you say, actually, that's a lie because the word of God is revealing it to you. And you go, I'm choosing God in this moment. So we are going to stick with that for January and February, okay? We're not just running a campaign for a week. My campaign is for the year that we stay with the Bible. Uh, And then when we move into March, I want us to move into the next phase of the strategy and the vision for the year, which is we're not just going to study the Bible together. We're going to pray together, right? Note note the word together. Uh, If you ran, uh, was in the prayer room, what a joy it was when you'd been praying for two hours when somebody else walked into the room. They brought energy into the room. They brought motivation to those already read it. it was, I actually was overjoyed to see, wow, to see my fellow brothers and sisters of Christ come in to join the prayer. And so there is power in coming together. The fire burns brighter. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. I want to get you into this and to just invigorate your spirit because something is going to happen in your spirit. I'm not just appealing to your intellect right now. I want to get into your spirit of what God is about to do. Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my plea before God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, who I had seen in the vision at the first came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you. For you are greatly loved, therefore consider the word and understand the vision. There is something that happens when you pray that stirs and moves heaven. It is the devil's responsibility to tell you that your prayers are ineffective, that they are a waste of time, so why bother because nobody's listening. That is a lie, and that is serpentry territory. But God is looking for people who will find and start to pray. Daniel 10 verse 12 says, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request had been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. If you know Daniel chapter 10, you will know that he set inside for 21 days to only eat vegetables. We now call it the Daniel diet. He committed himself to focus in a very simple diet and to pray. And, and the, in that scripture in Daniel 10, he gets an angelic visitation who said, I have come in response to your prayer. But he took him 21 days to get there. Does anybody know why it took him 21 days? He was. Hindered by the prince of Persia. See, the angelic forces took 21 days to get there. Amazon can get quicker. 
But here's the truth. Do we, do we understand the Bible as what is going on here, or do we understand our feelings? If it takes an angel 21 days to battle through the heavens to get to Daniel, there is something going on. And I want to talk about the concept of a no-fly zone in a military term, hence the table. I don't know if you know this, but four armies, on before wars set up, they set up an area of called a no-fly zone. Before they move troops in on the ground, they, they, they protect the air. Israel exists as a nation because of its no-fly zone, because of its countermeasures that it has in protecting its own airspace. Let me tell you, with the nations of the world fired against it, without that technology, it would not exist today, just period. Wherever Britain goes and sends its soldiers in to protect and serve other war-torn countries to bring stability, it does not go into until it covers the airspace. Whenever America moves into territory, it has the eight biggest uh, aircraft carriers in that, and it moves the aircraft carriers, and they have them positioned all around the world to be able to respond to wherever they need to be. It's not the aircraft crowd that provides the cover. It's the aircraft themselves that they're able to deploy over the top of there because they are protecting the space. And the reason is because if we can't protect here... We can't protect the men on the ground, the men and women on the ground that we are going to send in into the conflict zone. I'm saying this because I need you to understand that there's something happening over our city. There is a battle. There is a war zone. There is a conflict going on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Most of what happens in churches, we think it's just flesh and blood. So why do you think something moves against Nathan's life? It's just a natural thing. Or do you think someone's got a greater agenda to look at myself and Rachel and go, we would prefer them to be out of the game? So the devil hates my guts, helps Rachel's guts. If there's any comfort, hates yours too. It's not because, just in case you're thinking, quite right, you know, got absolutely got any. He is the enemy of your soul. I want us to understand the concept of the battle because I, I kind of put this word on there as an oxymoron deliberately because it, it, for those who go, oh, we're pacifists, we absolutely are pacifists. Blessed are the peacemakers. But let me tell you this, peacemakers are blessed because they go into a war zone. Nobody wants to put their hand up to go into a war zone, do they? But you're anointing, you're calling. The direction of God is, I want to send you into a war zone. We've created a space within church by which it's a very safe place. We live in freedom. We don't have the secret police coming into this, telling us that we cannot pray. We are free to pray. We are safe here. We, we design emotionally safe environments, and that's great. But you know what? In those environments, we get lulled into a false sense of security because while we may be safe, within 100 meters of this place, there are people that are not safe. There are people in this city, in the towns around us, in the villages, who have no defences against a ravaging enemy who goes around seeking who he can devour. You meet them every day. You know what the biggest problem is in Exeter that the police are, don't know how to resolve is domestic violence. So you know God has created a home to be a place of safety and for the place for children to grow and to be able to function and to go on to build a safe community. And this is our battleground. 
So what I, I want to pass on is, is not a guilt complex, but a responsibility on the people of God that we, we know what peace is. I don't want you to get you screw your face and start kind of getting aggressive with the devil. What I want you to do is understand that you can take peace into a war zone. Shalom is wholeness in every sense of that. And as a church this year, we need to create airspace and prayer cover over our city. I believe we we have an authority to do that. I believe you can pray over your streets. I believe you can pray over your workplace. I believe you can pray wherever you go and you can carry this concept of the, may the peace of God. And in that, you're going to create cover. Technically, there's air supremacy, which is an air superiority. There's air superiority, which is the next level down, which where we have a favored position against the opponent, a degree of domination, or we have an air parity which is where another nation will cover our airspace for us, by the way. There is a phrase called friendly fire, by the way. There's nothing friendly about friendly fire. Because you've trusted somebody else to cover your back, and they don't always get it right. So you understand the Iran shot down a Ukrainian jet, passenger jet, because it felt it had gone into their airspace. It felt. It read its readings wrong, saw it as a threat, shot it down. I kind of ask the question as a church, do we have air, air supremacy? Do we have air superiority or do we have air parity? How much space do we give to the enemy in our headspace? We learn here as a culture we don't want devil in, in, in the church, in his people. We, we learn that. But to go on, we need to go, right, we don't want the devil in our city in our streets, in our schools. There's something in your spirit that God says to do that. So here's the how. This is how I want to do this. In March, we want to launch a 21-day campaign. And we're going to call it 21 days because I like things being really simple. And want us to understand what we are doing is setting up a prayer space. So this is what it looks like. You'll be invited to fast and pray for 21 days. Okay? It's invited. When it comes to diet changes, you need to lead out yourself, and we will offer you support to do that. Some of us will be doing the Daniel fast, okay? The Daniel fast means it's just a super vegan diet, basically. You don't have to eat a lot. You get to eat veggies. You get to eat pulses and grains, but part of it focuses your body. to say, I want to go into a a time and a season where I'm going to prayer cover this city, this area. Okay, so every day at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., we're going to place a war room, downstairs in the prayer room for that 21 day and just to attract whenever you can just to come for the hour a day morning and night to pray at the end of that we're going to extend our day and night which levy led out in january by the way we were just doing you know when you do weapons testing well you obviously you don't but (laughs) hopefully not countries do weapons testing we were doing that because we wanted to see whether we could deploy a day or night prayer so we sat, Sarah and Rachel, and we was talking about how we'd gone, and we took all your feedbacks in. And Levy said, oh, I, I just thought, could we extend it to 72 hours? Rachel and Sarah, without hesitating, breaking a step, went, yes. So I said, can we just pause? Are you sure? 72 hours praying, round the clock, nonstop. That's a long time. We want to do that. 
Because we saw God do things in the church from our last bout of prayer in 24 hours. I want us to extend that as a church, that we actually move in. Johnny's right, we are growing in prayer. I think we grow more. God did something at 4 a.m. If for those of you, God's around at 4 a.m. in the morning, who knew? <laughs> and that's how we're going to do it. The last thing I want you to do on prayer is what I've done here for the maps, by the way, is I want you to walk your ward. Um, and, I, you know, if you're in St. Thomas, you're really blessed, by the way, because it's not very big. <laughs> so I don't know the size of your ward, but I'd like you to get the map of it. And I'd love you to be able to understand what it goes, because I want you to put your feet on the ground. I want you to find out who your ward counselor is, and I want you to pray for him or for her. I want you to start looking at your ward facts, because they'll be online. Start to research, because there are there is dem- demographics, there's needs in those wards. And as you walk, you know when what God said to Joshua, everywhere you put your feet, I will give to you. How many of you dare to believe I'm going to walk my ward? I'm going to say, God, would you give me this area? You, I am living here. I care for this land. Would you start to move your spirit in this place? Because we're not designing, this is only HQ. We're going out on a mission to walk our ward to say, the place that you've put me, I want to walk around this place. Credit him. You know, wherever you are, God's given his influence. But you're the influence. You don't come here so I can go and be your influence. Actually, I want to say, take your influence, take your authority, to start to pray around your area. Bless the nation. And did you know your area will be blessed because you pray? First stage is that. That is March, 21 days. When you see it coming in, I want you to start prepping now. I've realized if we start to get prone, we need to prep. It really is hard to prep. So we're going to launch it on uh, March the 16th, isn't it? So get ready to go for that. And the second thing, and this is what I need to remember, evangelism is the mission of the church. After we've set a no-fly zone, the reason no flying is because we're going to release combat missions onto the ground. We put the soldiers onto the ground. And that's every soldier has a mission, has a mandate and knows exactly what their objective is. We're going to set an objective to move in to what God is calling for us, to battle for the souls of men and women. The gospel is what you are given. And I want us to be really confident to be peacemakers in the war zone. The church is under siege at the moment, and we hold ourselves in the headquarters, and I think there's going to be a breaking out and a confidence that's coming that we're going to say, I'm going to live the gospel out. You're going to meet people on the bus and you're going to lead them into the kingdom. You're going to bump into people on the street and you're going to take a kneel and you're going to say, what is it? How can I help you? And you're going to pray for them. Those that lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I believe you're going to do that. I believe we're going to do that. I believe that God wants to do is and he's looking for us to deploy us into our community. Jesus said this, Lovely, positive scripture. I send you forth as sheep among wolves. I like the sheep bit. And then the wolves come in. And then you're like, great, Jesus, thank you. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I like that. See, some Christians get this battle mentality. I'm going to go out. I'm going to reach people for Jesus. And you've seen the anger on people's faces, right? That's not going to win too many people. You carry, you take peace onto the streets. Because peace will win people. Specific people sent to a specific place for a specific purpose. God did not send his son into the world, condemn the world, 
but the word through him would be saved. We are seeing more people get saved in our day. We need to go and put our boots on the ground. Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So Easter for us is mission. Post-Easter is mission. Combat missions. I want you to get your car keys out. I want you to get ready. I want to put your feet on the ground. And, and this is the thing. God wants you to go. All right? It's not just where we go, oh, Levy's here. He's got a call for mission. God wants to send us all. So we have a church who rang us up. They're from Gloucester. They said, could we send a missions team to you to serve your church over Easter? And I said, yes, we could. You could. I'd be very glad. And then they said, so what do you want? So we've got to look like we know what we're doing. <laughs> As if I'm going to be embarrassed. No, no, they're going to motivate us. They're, they're enthusiasm. We're going to set up over the Easter and we're going to do some youth mission. Riverside Exmouth, let me tell you the purpose behind Riverside Exmouth. It is a mission. We take the best venue in Exmouth and it's such a cool venue and we put energy and life into there and we are sharing the gospel because let me tell you, Exmouth needs Jesus. It needs missionaries. Levy is a missionary. Karen is a missionary. Joe is a missionary all the way from Nottingham. Who knew? Our children is a mission station. You want to look behind what happens on a Friday night with the parents that come in. It's a mission ground. They come into this place of peace, and I hope and prayer is that we do that. Our youth that come in on a Friday night, it's a mission station. Our cafe, where are you, Martin? People come in, it is a mission station. Our connect groups that we do, that we are developing the concept of who is your oikos, and if you've been to the training, you'll know what that is, is who am I connected with? They are our mission. The community day that we'll do in the summer on June 13th, I think the day is, that's our mission for the local area here. Joy Fest, which is an easy mission. you just got to be joyful for a week. I reckon I can get one week out of 52 just where you just get to be joyful. It's a mission. And we just have got uh, news that Mark Marks, if you don't know Mark Marks, he runs an international ministry called Healing on the Streets. He's going to come here. And he's going to train us in how we can be confident with praying for people for healing on the streets. He's coming the first weekend of June. It is all there to develop you to be missionaries. So prayer cover, and then this excitement will grow in you. Here I am, then me. And the excitement is not the programs that we're going to be run, but God, I think you're going to bring people into the church. So the resources required is we need a building headquarters which we are sat in we need a training academy which we can do from this place we need that the church is not a field hospital is a field hospital but not a retirement home you understand i don't mind people coming in and we're going to fix the broken but we fix the broken to send them out into the mission field that god has got for us 
This battle mentality is where something in your spirit. I, I, I've seen war films, and as they're walking to the battlefield, you'll see often see them smoking together. Their hats are on their shoulder. Their guns are just kind of on there. And they're wandering around, keeping it light, because they know in a few moments' time, everything changes. In a few moments' time in your workplace, you'll be wandering and wandering around, and suddenly everything's going to change, and there's going to be a social justice issue that's going to rise, and you know it. And you know you're in a battle. You're going to see somebody ravaged and getting ravaged by the devil. And God's going to give you keys for that person that's going to bring freedom. But you've got to clock it. It's where you quickly put your head up, quickly put your fag out, not literally, by the way. <laughs> and you're on duty, God, I'm here right now. What do you need? And we need to be ready for those moments because God wants to grow his church and we need to position ourselves to be used by God positioning means as you sat on the bus God is there anyone that you want me to speak to there is a word going round at the moment which I believe is prophetic and it's an awareness of the ministry of angels who believes in angels I've been praying that God sends his angels to camp around this city. Because I think when angels start to arrive, things start to happen. You know why angels are sent? You know what their core purpose is, aside from giving messages from God? To minister to those who are receiving salvation. We need angelic visitation. They are the nukes. We go to pray. We want to pray angels into this place. Things are happening. I sat today with the city leaders. Head of the council came and addressed the city leaders. And I, I was talking to the head of the, the council, the councillors, Phil Bailey. And uh, just, it's hard to say, by the way. So I don't know. And I was chatting to him. And he was just telling me about politics and people abusing him in the street. I said, you know when you come here, we're not looking for you to provide all the answers at all. We're not expecting you to tell us what to do. Do you know what we want? And he looked at me. I said, we want to ask you, what can we do to help? He was blown away. To tell us what we can do to help. He's never been in a room like that. I said, and I want to tell you, thank you for serving our city. We appreciate you for doing that. Because our city is in a better place than it was 20 years ago. And he, go, he went, nobody's ever told me that. And I wonder what world they live in. This is us, the church. We have so much freedom and so much peace. 